It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, with two-man coverage of the red and gold, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Chiefs. This is a special Sunday episode, actually Saturday night, uh, for the Chiefs playoff loss. And what a brutal, brutal game that was. Uh, Welcome Cody Tapp to the show. Thank you for coming, Cody. Uh, No problem. Um, Arrowhead is a sad, empty place (laughs) as we speak. So uh, happy to join, but sorry it's under such unfortunate circumstances. Yeah, I can only imagine what the team was like and what uh, the fans leaving that stadium were like. Yeah, it, it was it was tough. I mean, I went down to the locker room after, obviously, and talked to Reggie Ragland and Kareem Hunt and heard Alex Smith talk. And I mean, when you go back through and listen to everybody, I mean, there was a lot of devastation, especially guys who have been around long enough to have also suffered that Colts loss. But I mean, this team's history speaks for itself. I, I think the stat was out by Conrad McGorkin earlier. Since 1986, this team is 304 and 236 in the regular season and 4 and 15 in the postseason, and their home losing streak continues. So I, it was brutal. I mean, just fans and the players and just the feeling in the – even just the media area, everyone's like, oh, my. Like, oh, this isn't happening again. You, you don't feel – you don't want that to happen to Chiefs fans, but certainly tonight was just kind of a brutal feeling of that. Absolutely. And what did you think? What were a couple of things that stood out to you? Because to me, looking at this game, uh, Alex Smith came out and was flinging the ball over all over the field in the first quarter. Uh, looked like he could possibly throw for, and I'm being sarcastic, but 600 yards. I mean, he was just on fire in the first quarter uh, and still played pretty well in the second quarter. And then Travis Kelsey goes out and everything seems to go to heck. Well, and, and yeah, I mean, that's the initial thought, right? There are plenty of there's plenty of blame to go around. This game is not solely on Alex Smith, but it certainly isn't not on him. I mean, he was on pace right. for 460 yards through one half of football. He finished with 33 passing yards in the second half. So, yeah, a lack of Kelsey immediately changed this offense and their inability to get any kind of run game going. Partially it was, you know, that in Kareem Hunt's Four second-half runs, three of them weren't particularly good, but they opened up with a nine-yard run in the second half. They've got the ball. It's third and one. He's the NFL's leading rusher, and then they do a speed option play to the outside that fails. They punt. Like It was just some combination. The offense, legitimately, I think Jeff Schwartz described it this way a little bit. I'm sorry, Mitchell Schwartz, not his brother. Um, When describing it, it was like watching the first five games and the last four games offense for the first half And then for the second half, it was legitimately like watching that offense during that long losing streak. They were lost. They couldn't run the ball. They couldn't pass the ball. Demarcus Robinson was their leading receiver in the second half. And beyond that, they couldn't get anything going. I mean, it was just – it was a comedy of errors. Well, and you say something about Demarcus Robinson, and I was very impressed with what he did in the at the end of the first half. Uh, That ball going out of bounds uh, before he caught the touchdown, I thought that that was going to get – overruled and they were going to take that catch away from him but uh, I was very impressed with with what he was able to do and I was very happy to see him get that touchdown because I think he's very 
much an unsung player on this team. He doesn't get uh, many balls thrown in his direction, but he's always out there blocking for guys and helping open up other things. Yeah, he, no, he does a really good job. Like his blocking, his downfield blocking has been a bit underrated. And so, if anything, I mean, if there's, it's hard to look at this game and try to pick out a single bright spot. Robinson's probably it, right? Because at least because they're going to have a decision to make next year at the second wide receiver spot. They can go back to the draft. They can look at free agent wide receivers if they free up money, depending on if this is Alex Smith's last game in a Kansas City uniform. Um, and, and Albert Wilson's a free agent, right? So at least his spot is currently open unless they re-sign him. And with limited cap space, maybe they just go with a guy who's pretty cheap. Plus, we don't know what Chris Conley will do coming off of his injury, and he'll be in the final year of his deal. So seeing something out of Demarcus Robinson tonight was good. And seeing something that wasn't in a preseason game or late in some game, it, it, it was nice to see him actually perform. But that's one of the few, if any, bright spots, other than if you watch the first half of the game, you're like, okay, Controlled him on defense, held the Titans to 44 total yards. Everything's kind of going great. Everything feels good. And then all of a sudden, you you get into the second half. And for a stretch, it didn't feel like even then they were still kind of in control. The Titans were still giving the ball up and booting it around and getting called for penalties. But no, just slow, methodical torture is what it ended up being in the second half that eventually cost them. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Well, and you look at a couple of different plays that officiating really cost them too. Oh yeah, uh, you know the the two the two plays where they're calling forward progress is stopped. I don't know that I've ever seen that play called once in a or twice in a game, especially on things that are that big. I mean, Mariota gets spun around; he's not anywhere close to going down. You're going to tell me that if he throws that ball and he somehow gets a two point conversion, you're not going to give it to him. Uh, he was not down at that point. At, le- so, at, least, uh, at least that one's borderline, right? Where you can be like, even Derek Johnson's like, yeah, I right. can kind of see that one. But on the Derek Johnson sack, he was getting sacked. What do you mean? There wasn't like he held him up and then was slowly pushing him back. He was mid-hit on Mariota. Did you see the explanation? Uh, Jeff Triplett, there was like, we get like a little quote sheet or whatever from people that I might miss. And it was just like, yeah, hey, can you walk it. us through that forward progress play? Oh, the ruling was forward progress. Therefore, it's not reviewable. Okay. So the defender hit him and he was driving him back. No. Like, yes. Does the quarterback have to go forward for that to that? No. Like, really, Triplett? Are you short? Like, that one's inexcusable. The two point play, too, by the way. There were, you know, I, I think this is the part, honestly, this is the part that absolutely just crushed the spirit it's not just that you lost because that's pretty hard chris but go back and look at two plays where you felt like it had all changed on a dime like in the stadium it was electric when that two-pointer got returned that was you know the chiefs had just given up the lead and now all of a sudden they were going to have the lead and then you go back to the marcus peters which by the way wasn't a fumble i'm not saying that it was but he returns it for a touchdown and for a second all of the hope in the world and then yet again crushed I, i mean I don't think that referees played some factor in this, but if you're well, down, no. if you're up 18 points at home at half, you almost have nothing to lean on. 
Oh, no, no, no. I'm not saying that the yeah. refs were the reason they lost this game. That's not what I'm saying at all. But what I am saying is that there were some bad officiating calls that really cost oh. Kansas City in multiple situations in this game. And, yeah, I completely agree. That fumble late in the game with the with uh, Derek Johnson running the ball back, yeah, uh, yeah that's not a fumble. He was easily down. I, I, I'm not arguing that at all. But it was nice to see Marcus Peters actually crash down the ball, hit the ball carrier, and then ends up laying out. I don't know if it was Conklin yeah. or if it was Lawan as DJ's trying to run the ball back. Uh, there was that some life. was impressive. I mean, there, there really was some life late for the team, but but only in those moments that ended up immediately getting called back. I, I just, but that was it. Like other than that, defensively, it was just they were slowly getting picked apart. I'm telling you, it looked just like the middle of the season, like the Jets game, right, where they just couldn't get off the field on third down. And you're like, get off the field on third down just once. Well, but. How strangely reminiscent of, is this game oh, yeah. of the Colts game? And I, I I hate saying that because obviously Marcus Mario is not Andrew Luck, but they lost Chris Jones in this game. That's a defensive injury you can't – that I would actually say is akin to losing Brandon Flowers because Tennessee is leaning on their running game at that point. They're not leaning on their passing game. And you lose Travis Kelsey who was akin to losing Jamal Charles. And, you know, you have an 18-point lead and you blow it. This was a very big collapse. And honestly, yeah, it wasn't on Alex Smith. I will say that. It wasn't all on Alex Smith. Uh, But it was a lot on the offense, a lot on the play calling. Uh, Not using Kareem Hunt as a running back. Yeah, that third and one play that you were talking about, I was just wanting to scream at the TV watching them run a – sweep on something like that or an option play on something like that it goes back to some of their actual yeah go ahead especially well i was just gonna say especially when they were able to punch it in from the one yard line early in the game for a touchdown i mean of all the places that kansas city struggled the most it's been on the goal line so you would think okay well they're sitting here in a great set run the ball up the gut and get it it, it you goes back to their out. very base fear, which is they were so bad in short yardage plays last year. They were bad in the middle of the season on short yardage plays again this year, and they're afraid to just run it up the middle. They have the NFL's leading rusher. Like that play, that whole the whole game might have been there, right? They get the first down, they're at midfield, and there were a couple of plays like that. In the second half, even when Alex Smith was trying to get the team down the field for what could have been a game-winning field goal, Demetrius Harris gets called for a phantom holding call on the outside on a run. Uh, it's a terrible – that's a bad oh, call. That that's where the officiating again hurts this team. But when – like, it, just run it. He did. And he had a good game. I, Harris, Harris, for everybody – for all the heck fans have given him, and rightfully so at, at certain times, he had a good game. And that and for him to be called on a play like that where he wasn't even close to holding him, he he couldn't have kept the guy to, the guy wasn't anywhere close to Alex Smith at the time either. It's, it's, it doesn't make any no, it's but like I, it all comes down to the same thing. Like when it's third and one, run it. Like just run the ball just up yeah. the middle one time. And that's something, you know, this team's gonna have to take a very serious hard look in the mirror. And I think actual changes are coming. One of the things they're gonna have to at least address is the, the, the type of finesse team they become and how that works for them and has served them very well in the regular season. But when it comes to playoff time and they start getting pushed around again, it's a very similar story. One of the things they're going to need to address is how they can get more physical as a team because that continues to be the teams that beat them when it matters. 
Well, and that is really a thing at the point of attack, and that kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier. You have injuries that just decimated this team. Chris, you can't lose Chris Jones when oh, you're yeah. already down R and R, because then you become a rotation of Benny Logan and what was it, Justin Hamilton and Jarvis Jenkins, and that's not going to get it done. And that was pretty much the way it went most of the second half. That's just something that you're not going to be able to do and rely on on a regular basis. Well, and it's the second most they've been gashed of the run by one player. Um, is is Le'Veon Bell got him for more, and but as a team, this is the most yards they've given up against the run all year. And think about how much better they'd gotten against the run. But when you lose Chris Jones, who by the way was actually a force early in the running game, yeah, that yeah. hurts. And, and the fact that Raheem Nunez Roches got hurt earlier in the you know. Couldn't play in this game. Who knows if things are different, if they can just get one or two more stops. But it's just the story of the Chiefs. Like, it's one thing. And you mentioned that Colts game and the injuries that cost them. They'll go back and look at this game. And I'm assuming this one will be called the forward progress game. The 28-0, the no punt game. <laughs> I'm guessing this is the forward progress game. But when you go back, you'll you'll yep. remember that these injuries cost them. Oh, no, absolutely. You know, I really hate getting away from what this game was, but I have to ask the question since we have you on. Let's go through a couple of players real quick, and you tell me if you think they're back next year. Alex Smith. No, not with the Chiefs. I mean, he's in the NFL, but not with the Chiefs, yeah. Right. Albert Wilson. No, only because I think he's proven himself somewhat valuable, and he'll end up – he won't be like an expensive player, but he'll be just expensive enough to end up somewhere else is my guess. Well, I kind of like that because, to me, I think they have a pretty good young core with Marcus Robinson, Chris Conley, who is going to be coming back trying to get a contract, yeah. and Tyree Kill. So, uh, and well, Chris too. Conley caught for 500 yards last year. That's about what Albert Wilson was in his absence this yep. year. So I think it's pretty safe to say that – and Conley's been good on third. He can be – Chris Conley can be a replacement-level player to Albert Wilson, I think. Well, I think Conley will be even better when he's got a QB who's not as apt to, to throw away from guys that are in tight coverage. Uh, I think Mahomes and Chris Entirely Conley, possible. I think Chris Conley and Mahomes will have a very good connection, as will Demarcus Robinson and Mahomes. Um, Derek Johnson, who, oh, who did say you know his who did say he's going to play next season. He did. I mean, he said it, it was like I asked him today in the locker room. I just said. Hey, so does this have you think about your future differently? And he's like, oh, I'm playing. Like, it didn't sound any different than I'm playing football next year. And then said, it's too early to talk about where, but I'm a chief. So my guess is yes, because I think he'll take some sweetheart of a deal to play 40% of the snaps, and they'll go one more time if he wants to play. Now, I think if I were the Chiefs, I might consider moving on just because you've got good young linebackers. Um, But his leadership is valued, and and I – I'll guess yes for now, but I'm not super sure about him. Well, and I'm with you on that. I I honestly think that they'll keep him if they can with a small deal, maybe you know two or three million a year, uh, just for the leadership that he can bring those young guys. Because I think they're going to bring back. You know, KPL is a free agent in the offseason. I don't think there's any chance he goes anywhere else. Uh, Kansas is going to want to bring him back, and you know Reggie Ragland's going to have to grow up as well. So I think that they're going to try to bring DJ back. Uh, Tom Bahali. No, he's gone. Yeah. He just cost – He cost, it's it's too easy to cut him, and I, I think even he's admitted he's on the end of his rope. Unlike Derek Johnson, who thinks he's got another year, I think Tom Bahali knows he's, he's done. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Dustin Colquitt. No. Mostly, like, if they're in salary cap trouble, Dustin Colquitt, according to the metrics, has been a league average punter the entire year and he's the highest paid punter in the league i just i don't think you can move forward at that cost to benefit ratio for him so i think he's gone assuming he won't take a pay cut like dj would well he's technically he's a free agent well it's not even like yeah the pay cut being yeah you're right if if for some reason they offer him a million and a half to go punt for him then yeah he might be back with the chiefs but my guess is is that he's gone and they'll go young It, it depends you know Part of it depends on, you know, where if Dave Tobe ends up somewhere else, like how right. – because Dave Tobe does have some input on the guys who stick around. Like I, I honestly think that Anthony Sherman's been a part of this team for so long as a result of Dave Tobe saying such nice things about him on the special team. So I, I'm guessing Colquitt's gone just because of the cost. Well, and you bring up the next one I was going to bring up, Anthony Sherman. No. Again, it, it, he plays 17% of the offensive snaps yep. this year. How can you pay him? Fullback is an obsolete position in the NFL for the most part, even in the Chiefs' own offense. Like they, like people talk about the salary cap trouble they're in, but part of it is things that they can clearly cut, and they can get cheaper at tight at punter and not get much worse, and they can get cheaper at fullback and not get much worse. He's a good player; he really is. Um, but just considering the number of snaps he's on the field, it's hard to justify his pay. Well, and I almost wonder if they won't shift. Uh, think about he shifting. might take a pay cut too. Well, he might, he but might. I. I I wonder if they might think about shifting Ware into fullback into fullback slash uh, H back role. I mean, he yeah. came into Kansas City as a fullback uh, and ended up becoming the, the running back. But with Hunt, uh, I can't imagine that Ware's going to come back as a starter next year. So, you know, he's got that ability to play the fullback role. I would think that you know if you're going to keep four, maybe he is. You know, maybe you keep him and you keep the two Hunts and you keep West next year. No, I hey, I don't. You know, at first I was thinking maybe West was going to be gone, but but that's a fair point that, you know, where at least if you're going to if it's seventeen percent of the snaps he's got to play fullback, I imagine Spencer Ware can handle that if you think he can stay healthy. Um, but I, I just think Sherman's gone. I don't know what they're going to do with those other two guys, but my guess is they'd be more inclined to keep Ware over West just because Ware's had more production. You know, he was going to be the starter this year, so you would think they think of him as the higher rated back than West. Well, and I think he's a much better change of pace for Cream Hunt uh, as opposed to you know Chuck Andrick West. What were your thoughts on West doing kick or doing the kick returns? I personally was thinking during the game, you know, you saw West back there, and you're like, well, why isn't Hill back there? And then I thought about, it, I was like, oh yeah, Kelsey going out. You really can't afford to have Hill go back there and take the chance. I agree. Like, they had him out there for the first one. Thought that was the right decision. He didn't get anywhere, but I, I get why they did it. They got backed up on that first drive. But right. late in the game, when they're down one and they're kicking it to them, um, oh sorry, uh, when they're when they're down one, like legitimately, when they're down one in that situation and they don't have him back there, that's when I don't get it. Like for the sake that you can't have a guy get knocked out of that game, because at that point too, Demarcus Robinson, remember, had like limped off the field at one point. Yeah, and so and Kit I mean, came in instead of Chesson, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> yes, but they were limited. They were incredibly limited at that position. But, like, when you're down one in a playoff game that you've just left sift away, I'd like to see him back there one more time. The entire game, fine. If you're going to make some argument that is, 
you, you lost Kelsey in the second half. It's really cool to put him back there. And at some point, they weren't putting him back there because they had a lead, right? You don't have to risk it, and you have the lead. When it's 21-10, he's not back there okay. When it's 21-16 and Kelsey's hurt, maybe. When it's 22-21, that was the one other time, I think, for sure, you had to make the argument that you know there was a good reason to put Hill back there. No, and I agree with that. I just I understood why they didn't do it all three times. Uh, you know, yeah. you can't one. He's such a big part of the offense, and two, you really don't have anybody else that you want back there. You know, catching punts. No, uh, I mean that's a huge deal. And you you watched Adderay Jackson fumble the punt, and it, it should have cost Tennessee a lot more than it did. Uh, I really don't think you would have gone, wanted to go with another punt returner. No, ab- absolutely not. I, it, well, you know, Dave Tobe was asked if experience matters back there, and the answer was yes. And the kick game too. West and Robinson hadn't returned many kicks in the year. I'm sure there's yeah. plenty of people that are capable of it, but man, it's just odd. Just just odd that they would put well, themselves in that spot. And then not having CJ Spiller up when they signed him. I mean, you would have thought that maybe they could bring him up and granted he's not gonna be a great returner, but he would at least give you something there. Yeah, and I guess, you know, I you know, I thought maybe that was at first why they signed him, but a Somewhere along the way, they were talking about the fact that he was essentially just a safety net in case like something happened during the week. He was never really probably going to be active, but he was just like a security measure through the playoffs in case something happened. They didn't have to break in case of emergency, um, but still, yeah, just nothing going, nothing going quite right. And Spiller is at least an experienced returner, but they felt like they had that in Shirkandrick West. Um, it just nothing, nothing went right. I mean, honestly, just nothing quite went right tonight. In the second half, yeah. in the second half, yeah. <laughs> and unfortunately, that is the uh, what we've had to deal with with the Chiefs for the past several seasons. Uh, we've talked about the players. Let's look at the coaches. Do you think that uh, Dave Tobe is back next year, or do you think he's elsewhere co- as a head coach? I think coach? he'll be back because I think he had a down year in the special teams, and he seems to uh, – he's got a little bit of the always the bridesmaid, never the bride syndrome right now. And I, I think they still, like, overall, I think you could look at the entirety of Dave Tobe's work and say he's done a really nice job as the as the special teams coordinator. So my guess is he will be back, yes. Well, and I'm thankful they have him because I think but, uh, Butker is going to be a very good kicker for years to come. Um, what about Matt Nagy? Um, no. Most, I, I think he's going to get a job. Um, I, I think he's going to get one of these head coaching gigs mostly because there are a million of them available, right? I mean, there's just – he's interviewing for two jobs tomorrow, and there are so many right. jobs open. I just feel like he's going to get it just because of the sheer number of availabilities. Fair enough. What about Bob Sutton? I think Sutton? he should be gone. Um, I, you know, Andy hasn't – Well, and, I, and I've said that for years that he should be gone – the question is, do you think that they'll finally get rid of him? Man, Andy Reid is loyal to his guys. So, yeah, yep. I, I think he'll be gone. Because I think I think someone in ownership is going to have to say something, too, just about um, changes. And, and they're not going to, like, demand that he change things, right? But someone's got to be in that room and be like, okay, we need something to be different. Like, we got we to gotta put a burn under these things. And some things will be different, right, immediately, because Patrick Mahomes will be the quarterback more likely than not. Not, yep. not 100%. But more likely than not, um, that will be the case. And so if that is, that's a major change. But I think they got to do something defensively. Again, they continue to blow playoff leads. That's bad. So they're going to have to do something different. Well, and you can't, and you can't take your best defensive player and drop them into coverage as much as you drop no, Houston and it happened coverage. again in this game too. So oh. uh, they need somebody – like they need yep. – like 
honestly, if you just had like a dream chart, which is never going to happen because he's already with a team, you need someone like Wade Phillips or someone in that vein that will get the most out of the pass rush. Look what he got out of Von Miller or Aaron Donald or some of the other guys. You need somebody who's who's willing to use Justin Houston at that rate. If he's going to be paid $20 million a year, you got to get more out of him in a given season. And he had a good year. I'm not saying Justin Houston was football-focused as second-highest-rate player for the Chiefs, but sacks still matter, and he had zero of them in this game, right? All right. So, I mean, he affected the quarterback yeah. on, like, the first third down throw, and then I don't remember really saying his name much. So, in big-time plays, when he's finally healthy for the playoffs, he's got to get something done. Well, and he had yeah, the first play of the game, he affected the quarterback's throw. Um, so he had a lot of juice coming off the edge. Uh, and I forgot one player earlier, D. Uh, Ford. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, well, it's funny because we're talking about <laughs> pass rush, right? And they're going to own um, – Right. No. Because – you know why? Because – for the same argument that you got D Ford and you gave him a chance to be the starter and it's failed because of injury and money, your your next answer is Tano Passanio. You better hope you got that decision right because you drafted him with a second overall pick. He's had a full year to develop, unlike D Ford was thrown to the mix right away. But he was also a more developed player, according to scouts, right? So I think the answer is Tano Passanio, mm-hmm. and you move on from D Ford. Unless Justin Houston's gone for some crazy reason. Uh, I would say that the the D Ford is probably gone just because eight and a half million is a lot to pay for a guy who who can't stay healthy. Right, and really isn't hasn't been productive from the side of the ball you want him rushing from. Uh, and obviously, I don't think that this is ever a possibility. But Andy Reid, uh, I think he's there. Um, I, you know, there are people that really. Do you think there's any chance? No, he just signed an extension. Okay, he. No, and that's where I am too. Win. Clark Hunt. You know, like the Hunts in general have been pretty loyal to head coaches. I just, I don't think there's any way he's going anywhere. The playoff disappointments have to just be building and building. But no, I think uh, Andy's here to stay. Cody, thank you very much for joining me. I appreciate it. Uh, I am sure that was not a fun game for you to sit through and fun to talk to the players afterwards. I'm sure there was a lot of frustration in that locker room. Always, and just uh, just kind of a history of Chiefs frustration, certainly. So we'll see what Andy Reid, I know he's talking tomorrow at noon. We'll see uh, how that and the end-of-year press conference go for Reid tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Chiefs podcast. While you're out there, give us a rating or review and reach out to us on Twitter at Ryan Tracy NFL and at Chris Clark NFL. We'll talk to you next time. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, Look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? 
Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.